And then time zones. Oh my god. What the f is a time zone? <laughs> what the frick is a time zone? <laughs> Friends, we are back. We missed you. It's your best pal, Nick. And your best pal, Katie. Look, I just want to apologize. The problem is fame catches up with you. This is what's happening. We are real podcasters now. Life comes at you fast. And it came at us too fast last week. We had to take the week off. But I would remind you that so did Alex Cooper. And so I think this is just a sign that we are real podcasters now. Alex called us. She said, hey, guys, totally all right. Don't worry. Everyone's going to take a week off once in a while. Yeah, there's actually um, like a big group message uh, of all the famous podcasters. And Alex added it, added us to it recently. And she just texted and said, hey, if you're serious about this, you're going to take a week off. And we were like, why would we not listen to Alex Cooper? It was a so. business strategy session. Mm-hmm. We, so had we, to, we had to do some plotting. We hope that you had a great Thursday, even though despite our absence, and we're going to make it up to you eventually. So we're back. We're better. We're ready to. We're back, baby. Yep, we're back. We're ready to get it going. So we have a really fun episode in store for you that we've actually been planning for a while. But Nick, tell our listeners why it's ironic. We are responding to some breaking news, okay? Mm-hmm. TikTok has been aflame. Twitter has been aflame. Here's the situation. Grace Cunningham, whose TikTok handle is at Gracie.ham, G-R-A-C-I-E period H-A-M, Gracie Ham on TikTok, posted a series of videos. In the first one, she talks about how she doesn't understand how math is real. I'm going to quote from her. She says, quote, how would you even start on the concept of algebra? Like, what would you need it for? Because, like, I get, like, addition, like, hey, if I have two apples and add three, that's five. How would you come up with the concept of algebra? You didn't need it, so why would you come up with it? I think this is a very legitimate point, one that does not get spoken about enough. Her, mm-hmm. she respond, This goes viral on Twitter and TikTok. People are calling her idiots. I call her a visionary. Mm-hmm. She posts a second video. She asks a series of questions. I'm going to quote some of them. The first, she says, how did people know what they were looking for when they started theorizing formulas? Because I wouldn't know what to look for when I was making up math. Second question, once they had those formulas, how did they know that those formulas were right? Very valid question. In point three, even though people were coming at her saying she was dumb, she pointed out that a physicist who follows Barack Obama, or excuse me, a physicist whom Barack Obama follows, retweeted her. Seems pretty legit. Mm -hmm. She then posts a third video, the history video, in which she asks, how do we know that the stuff that we say happened actually happened? There's no way to know unless you ask them, which would require time travel. And she used the example of Christopher Columbus and said, also, quote, we have no proof the Crusades ever happened, question mark. People are calling her dumb. People are canceling her. My point is this. One, math is fake. Math is made up. Who decided that two means two objects? Mm -mm. Bizarre. Someone had to come up with words for numbers. Strange, okay? It's It's like money. It's fake. 
And then I want to say on the history point, I think she's actually making a great point in the sense that history is written by the winners. The people who do the conquering get to tell the story, and we don't really understand the Crusades from the perspective of those who are crusaded against. I think she's pointing out a very accurate assessment of this problem with history, and also pointing out how whitewashed our history is. And I just think it is insane that people are coming at her. Obviously, she's not denying things like slavery happened. She's not denying the fact the Holocaust happened, as some have said. I think she's saying, like, what is the deal with this? How do we know that these are the actual version of events when only a select few people get to write down our history and we have to accept it as true from them? I just feel so mind twisted right now. I... So the reason that this is crazy that this TikTok went viral yesterday and today and Nick and I were talking about it is because for the past couple of weeks we've been planning this episode that goes by the name Things That Don't Feel Real But Are Real. And we're really excited to talk about this because I genuinely feel like the past couple months, you know, since the start of coronavirus, I've been really thinking about life and none of it is real, you know? So we're going to talk about a couple of those things. Our favorite topics that we think they don't feel real, but they in fact are real. Um, some of my favorites are, you know, coffee. What the heck is coffee? How come you can just drink a drink and then feel awake? Like, is that real? I don't know. I really think it's a placebo effect. I still drink it, but. I mean, the other thing too, Dunkin' Donuts coffee. If you've had it, you know there's no caffeine in it. You know it's trash. You right. know it's syrup and water. And yet, people guzzle it. Dunkin' Donuts coffee in particular is fake. It's literally fake. Literally like, fake. And you could honestly say the same about alcohol. Like, I don't want anyone who is a scientist to come at me and say, well, alcohol is a drug. and it me- I know what it does. I'm not stupid. I'm just saying it's kind of crazy. My point is the fact that you can drink a substance and it messes you up like that, that's weird to me. Um, so I don't think it's real. And that it comes from wheat. Right. Like, like why can I eat what? a piece of bread and not get drunk? But Yes. <laughs> yes. It Speak doesn't it. make sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So that one is a big one for me. And then also the economy. Like, don't even try to explain it to me. I don't want to know. Um <laughs> My- I have taken economics class. I am in grad school to, I am taking business classes. I get it to the extent that I need to get it, but inflation, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Why can't we just print more money? Don't we as humans, didn't we create the economy? So don't yeah. we create inflation and deflation and numbers and money? It's all printed. So you're telling me that we can't just print more money. Student debt doesn't make any sense to me. No, where, get rid of it. Where it, like, oh, yes, of course we should get <laughs> rid of it. But our country is in trillions of dollars of debt to who? Who do we owe? I, Another I, thing I want to say on this. Back in the day, our money... Our cash was backed by gold. So for like every dollar that was printed, there was a dollar's worth of gold somewhere in our quote unquote reserve. Who decided gold was valuable? Right. And who decided like, gold was valuable and like granite wasn't? 
Exact. I was literally going to use that example. Why aren't rocks the gold? Like gold is valuable because we decided it was valuable. I don't know. Everything seems absurd to me. But I want to dig in on some of these other examples. So I want to present to you all WebMD. My thing is, I totally understand this is real. I just don't know that it should be. So before I get criticized, I want to throw off two potential benefits. The first of which is that this, you know, symptoms checker they have might encourage people to be a little preemptive. They might type in some uh, symptoms and be like, oh, maybe I do have whatever this is and go to the doctor, get checked and get treated for it. The second thing, healthcare in this country is astronomically expensive. WebMD is not. So if it encourages someone to look and they're like, oh, it's just a common cold, I can probably skip the doctors, save some money, sure. However, I take real objection to the symptoms checker. For example, I went on, I went on, I did a little clicking and clacking on my keyboard. And I put in, um, first of all, wait, I wanna say they've gotten better. They've, they've improved because back in the day, you used to say, I had a sniffly nose, and they would say, it is cancer. Now, they show you a litany of options, and they include whether it is a weak match, a strong match, a fair match, based on your symptoms. So I typed in that as a 22-year-old male, which is true. I said I had a runny nose. That was all I included. They said there was a fair chance I had coronavirus, a common cold, hay fever, or again, a fair chance. That's like a 50-50 like a shot. I had malaria. <laughs> okay. Look, I do think that this like feeds into this culture that something's like always wrong. Sometimes you just are feeling sleepy. And it doesn't mean that you're like, anything is wrong other than maybe you didn't get a full eight hours last night, Katie. I don't know what to tell you. And I just think like we should normalize that. And I don't know that WebMD needs to be up in my case every time I have a cough. Second, everything is a symptom for cancer. I don't mean this to be funny or quick-witted. I'm literally saying that no matter what you put in to WebMD, they are going to throw cancer up as an option. And so like, does this really promote a healthy lifestyle? It just, it blows my mind. I think that this also kind of feeds into like, on a deeper level, that in other countries, you can call your doctor and say like, or a doctor and say, hey, I like have a migraine and like I've been throwing up or whatever. And they'll see you almost immediately for not, a thousand dollars like right like people are going to webmd because there's no like other option <laughs> sometimes like yeah and, that's a very good point and then they're like not getting accurate results but like saying that you get malaria like i've definitely been diagnosed incorrectly on WebMD because it should not be diagnosing me with anything yes and wait, <laughs> i want to drill in on this point I understand that people might be like, I can't afford to go to the doctor. I need to figure out what's wrong with me. That's valid. My objection to WebMD is like, we are not doctors. We are not trained medically. And so 
we like don't know how to interpret what WebMD is telling us. And like, yes, doctors should be more accessible, but like there's, they also go through medical training and can like have a sense of these symptoms. Yeah, for sure. I think that WebMD is really scary because you type two symptoms in and like as a college student, it's scary to see, well, you might have chlamydia, but yes, you might not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but like, right. You right. can't have WebMD diagnosing you for that. It's scary. Um, yes. All right. So. so, all right. So that's my rant on WebMD. Katie, I believe you have another example that's kind of related to health and wellness. Yes. So this is something that sort of seems like a fever dream to me. And I know that every child in America can relate to this. So if you ever went through fitness testing in middle school or high school, you know that this is something that you look back on and you're like, was that real? Did my PE teacher seriously make me do the PACER test? Is that legal? Um, And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, why would it not be legal? My point is that was probably the strangest thing I ever went through. And no, I was not the most athletic child, but that's not the point of this. The point is that twice a year, and it might have been different at your school, Nick, I don't know, twice a year, and I'm talking my, I actually don't think we did it in high school. I think this is middle school. It's middle school, and and for me, elementary school. Oh, see, I think in elementary school, we might have done it like in like fifth grade, but it was like very minor. Sixth through eighth grade, I remember it so clearly. It was a week every fall and spring. There was a yeah. week of it. And we did the pacer test. If you don't know what the pacer test is, I'm not even going to explain it. You're just consider yourself lucky. Um, we had to run a mile. Yeah. Do you think I had to, I knew how to run them or I was capable of running a mile at the age of 12 in sixth grade? No, it was torture. We had to do a sit-up test. Um, we had to do a push-up test. We had to do, I think, like flexibility. Which- yes, that is the <laughs> one that blows my mind. <laughs> Like, I was the box, right? It was this weird to, yeah. box. You had to put your leg out and you had to stretch. And like <laughs> I am like I was told like it's the same for everyone. You should be X amount of flexible. One, my ribs are not shaped correctly. Okay. <laughs> and this was a traumatizing thing for me every time because I was horrible at it. And I'm not making I was also not like an athlete. Like I'm not making excuses like Half of it was like, my body is not shaped correctly. And then half of it is like, I did nothing to try and fix that and like compensate for it. The other one, the rope climbing. Oh, we didn't do that. Oh my God. Mrs. Mansell held down the bottom of a rope and you had to monkey climb that thing, get to the top and ring the bell. And look. Max Logan rang the bell every single time. And Max and I were best friends, and I was really happy for Max. But I got to tell you, when I made it two, like, army crawls up the rope and then jumped the F off, like, everyone had to sit and watch. Like, we're all in different places. And, like, fifth graders are naturally going to body shame. They're horrible. Like, they don't, like. Right. Especially, like, 
I remember very, very clearly doing the pacer test in eighth grade. And like I said, I was not a runner. The pacer test was difficult. The pacer, I remember I messed up. I thought that you were supposed to run like after the beep or something like, and I like did it wrong. I missed a beep. So I was behind and that was only after like four laps and my teacher wouldn't let me restart. So I literally got like a, like a four on the pacer test and he wouldn't let me restart because I made a mistake. I was like, that's really embarrassing. And like, I had a chance. And also I was like, yeah, I was like the student that like faked a twisted ankle all the time. And I would get like a nurse's note that I like sprained my wrist or like twisted my ankle or had a upset stomach. And I would always like make it so it was like when we were running the mile and in sixth grade I I think I only ended up running the mile twice in middle school because I faked a like twisted ankle so many times but I remember doing it in sixth grade and it was just it was really 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 bad um so I I think they need to abolish it I understand the the point I understand we're trying to um create healthy habits, but I don't think embarrassing middle schoolers in front of their team, in front of their classmates is the way to do it. And I think maybe just, you know, stop serving cardboard pizza at lunch and serve healthy meals. Or do you know the lunch <laughs> that always shook me? What? Baked potato. A baked we never had that. Is a side. It is a side. It is not a meal. Oh, they gave that to you as a meal. You got a potato. You could have sour cream on it. You could add bacon bits. You could add cheese. But you got a potato. Like, I don't get it. Like, I I don't understand why they're trying to instill, like, healthy habits and then they serve garbage like that. (laughs) The things that they served us... Because this is the other thing. It's cheaper. And, like... Everyone made fun of Michelle Obama for wanting us to eat our vegetables. I remember having health class and it was like, oh, this is the food pyramid. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, I'm told that I have like, I don't know. I've never counted a calorie, but I'm told they're real. Another thing (laughs) that doesn't seem real, but is. And uh, like, look, I, uh, how was I supposed to count my calories when like I'm an eighth grader, mom and dad decide what's for dinner. And like, Sandra Ahola, my principal, was deciding what was for lunch, and it wasn't healthy because it was cheaper. Right. I don't right. look. I mean, we I we got to move on. I think. Yeah. So that is just it. Doesn't seem real to me. I can't believe looking back that we ever were forced into running miles at school, and you couldn't even opt out of it. You couldn't. So you had to have a doctor opt you out. So that doesn't seem real to me. I can't believe that happened. It feels Could like Web a dream. Opt you out. Maybe I could sign in as a sixth grader and be like, my ankle hurts. And they'd be like, shortness of breath. Yeah. Be like, grow up, go run the mile. I'd be like, no, I won't. Um, uh, okay. On to the next one. Yeah. I want to tell our listeners a story because I think they know I'm a little bit of a history buff and this is going to move into a larger topic, but I want to start with this anecdote that I really think says everything you need to know about the 1980s. Ronald Reagan was our 40th president. He was elected in 1980, very comfortably. People loved this man. He was shot in March of 1981, very early. He was two months into his presidency, he got shot. This obviously freaks out his wife, who is named Nancy. 
Nancy decides she is going to reach out to this woman, Joan Quigley. You don't know who Joan Quigley is. That's fine. You really have no reason to, other than the fact that she ran the country for eight years. You see, Joan (laughs) Quigley is an astrologer, okay? And Nancy Reagan reaches out to Joan and says, Joan, would you have been able to predict that my Ronald Reagan, my Ronnie, would have been shot? And Joan says, yes. Had I been with you, with Ronald, had I been hearing from you both about what was going on, had I been looking for the signs in the stars, I would have known he was about to get shot that day. Nancy Reagan, who almost lost her husband and is like freaking out about that, he's in a very high profile job, decides that she needs to bring Quigley on board because Joan will end up saving her husband from another assassination attempt. Look, Nancy Reagan later says this about Joan Quigley. Very few people can understand what it is like to have your husband shot at and almost die and then have him exposed all the time to enormous crowds, tens of thousands of people, any one of whom might have been a lunatic with a gun. I was doing everything I could think of to protect my husband and keep him alive. So she is literally consulting the astrologer all the time. This is fine if her one goal is to keep Ronald Reagan safe. Sure, concerned wife, all for it. The White House chief of staff is hired. Don Reagan takes the job and he is told by someone on the staff that the first lady relies on this astrologer. And Don Regan later says, quote, virtually every major move and decision the Reagans made during my time as White House Chief of Staff was cleared in advance with a woman in San Francisco. He's referring to Joan Quigley, who drew up horoscopes to make certain that the planets were in a favorable alignment for the enterprise. No decision in Don Regan's time in the White House, which was like 1985 to 1988, the last three years of Reagan's administration. No decision was made without consulting an astrologer. When when Don points this out and says, maybe we should like rely on military experts. Maybe we should rely on economists. Maybe we should rely on medical professionals. He is told he's being ridiculous that all they need to do is go to Joan Quigley. She will tell them, Every major decision was run through Joan Quigley. When Nancy Reagan finds out that Don Regan doesn't like the astrologer, they ice him out and he eventually resigns. You may think this is crazy because it is. Joan Quigley, the astrologer, later writes a book about her time advising the president of the United States. And she says, quote, not since the days of the Roman emperors and never in the history of the United States presidency has an astrologer played such a significant role in the nation's affairs of state. Why have we normalized this? What? Like, Ronald Reagan... This was the end of the Cold War. Decisions were, life and death decisions about nuclear weapons were being made based on horoscopes. That seems bananas to me. Absolutely bananas. One 
Here are my problems with astrology culture. Mercury, always in retrograde. What does it mean? Why is it never not in retrograde? I thought when I first heard Mercury's in retrograde last summer, I thought it was like a once in a millennium thing. And I was like, That's, fine. I thought so too. I was like, like a oh solar my God. Eclipse. Yeah, exactly. and now it's like, always. Mercury has never not been in retrograde since I first heard Mercury was in retrograde. What Me does too. it mean? Why does it change things? Why is it that when someone goes, oh, what does that mean? You're a rising Libra, but a, but oh a moon my, oh sign. Oh, my God. Like, like, Don't oh even no. get me going on the, like, your sun sign. Oh, if you were born at 1130, that's way different than if you were born at 530. Like, like that's, okay. It's not entirely fair because I do think astrology is cool. And I do think that. Yes. Like, I, I do read my horoscope sometimes and I'm like, wow. It doesn't seem real sometimes. And I think this is a very, like, realistic one to talk about not being real because not a lot of people believe in astrology. And people who, like, really study it and, like, can explain it to me, then, okay, I'm going to listen to you. That's great. But the fact that our entire country was run based on an astrologer, like, that really is crazy. And people don't know that story. No, and like here's the look. I think it's fun. I think it's like cute, whatever. But one, who came up with astrology? Who decided that the like characteristics assigned to a Pisces were accurate? Two, in theory, shouldn't every horoscope be the same? If I go to the New York Times and I check my horoscope, I'm a Scorpio. Shouldn't my horoscope be the same for my daily horoscope app? Like, how can one person have like multiple conflicting horoscopes? That is proof that it's a junk science to me. If I was like thinking about buying a house, there are some people who are like, oh my God, I need to check my horoscope before I do this. If I'm proposing to someone, I am not worried about what my horoscope says. I'm going to self-check and be like, yo, what is happening in my life? Am I ready to make a decision like this? Like, I don't think this like running your life based on horoscopes thing makes sense. It scares me. It scares me. Yeah, I definitely think it's kind of one of those things that when I see that people behave that way, I'm like, that doesn't seem real. Like, I don't... Right. No hate. If you do, that's cool, but... I think it's like a fun... It's a fun hobby. It's a good, like, conversation starter. I just, like, cannot imagine living my life based on it no i can't it, i'm sorry right i agree i will lose friends because of this i'm not kidding i'll be like fight me you're being me. you're being an aquarius right now you're being <laughs> such an aquarius just relax ah! okay the next one that really just makes my head hurt and i don't understand it is the olympics what on earth are the olympics and i need people listening to just really think about this with me for a second you're telling me that since what the roman days since the roman empire or greece i don't know what came first whatever since that time you're telling me that happens sorry that wasn't even the first one though i oh i thought it Okay. Maybe they made it famous. It's kind of like, it's like Taylor Swift. Like she had these songs, but then Kanye made her famous. 
Yeah. Well, I actually went to Athens, remember? And (laughs) (laughs) I went to the... No, but I went to the Olympic Stadium and I was like, oh my God, like the Olympics were held here and they were like, oh no. Um, It was like something like, it wasn't even the real Olympics. Gotcha. Anyways. So my point is every country gathers up their, their best. Yeah. Like their most athletic, their most talented and brings them all to a stadium and they compete over sports. And I think that this touches on a couple deeper topics, not just the idea of the Olympics, but the idea of organized sports and the idea of the fact that people say I'm Allie Raisman or um, Gabby Douglas. Tread or, lightly with the gymnast examples because it's the only sport I watch. So, Oh, and me too. D- okay. I don't want anyone to get it twisted. I am a diehard fan of the women's u.s women's gymnastic team so i just don't understand and the during the 2016 olympics i was like i watched it very closely the summer olympics and i was pissed off the whole time that i wasn't an olympian but my point is you're telling me that people are are born they start gymnastics soccer whatever rowing diving Diving is a funny one to me because who just finds out they're good at diving someday? Do you know when I first dove? No. I was in seventh grade. Right. I'm not saying that's normal. I'm just saying, like, the fact that people were com- my age were, like, on their way to going to the Olympics for it, I was, like, crouched on the edge of a pool, like, little hands above my head, falling face first into the water. And people my age were, like, going off third. I don't understand. I don't understand. That's that's what I'm saying, is that people actually go their whole life. They're born in, into, they start training, they discover that they're good at something, and then they spend their whole life training. When I say whole life, I mean to like, they're 17, 18, 17 through like 21, and then they get to 22 and they're too old to be in the Olympics. You have to time they're it perfectly. They're retired. Imagine being retired at 22. Thank like, God, what like, is Michael Phelps doing right now? Right. That brings us back to the social media thing. Sean Johnson, Allie Raisman, Michaela Maroney, like they have like platforms now. Like Gabby Douglas, I'm pretty sure she's going back, but they retire and then they like, thank God that there's like this big market for blogging and podcasting and like they can just go do that and make and like people obviously want to hear what they have to say because they've been Olympians. But the fact that just being good at a sport makes you this like now you're a millionaire. It's it's insane. Also, like, I think this depends on the sport too, right? Because like gymnastics, for example, is built around my sister. Well, she doesn't listen to the podcast. But, like if she did, she'd be flipping out because <laughs> I'm mischaracterizing the sport. But like there's the hockey Olympics, but there's also the NHL and there's the Stanley Cup. Gymnastics is like kind of built around the Olympics. So it makes right. more sense to me. Like you have the visa championships, you have the world championships. Like you build like like you're the when you watch the gymnastics when you watch like gymnastics during the olympics there's a sense of like this is it right like mm-hmm. if to be to make it in gymnastics is to be an olympic gymnast that's legit basketball 
is an Olympic sport. But, like, I don't know that we're like, oh, the U.S. basketball team for the Olympics. Like, I don't follow basketball, so someone should correct me if I'm wrong here. But my sense is, like, the NBA championship, which, like, I know it's, like, the Americanized it's only within America, so, like... But it's it's usually not, like, NBA players who are going to be on the U.S. team. Like, it's, like, younger people, and it's... So it's different. It just feels like... I don't no, know. I agree. It just seems like for sports that we have a culture around already in the United States, the Olympics mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a big deal. Yeah. No, I agree. I don't know. It just brings it back to, like, the fact that people train their whole lives for this one single event, and I don't know organized sports even those are weird right even weirder is the thing i will never understand and i'm so thankful i did not have these parents are the parents who live vicariously through their children oh my god don't even get me started on that (laughs) like i think this is like universally relatable because like dance moms is a hugely popular show and it's like the show is built around this but do you know what's weird like i danced my whole life like i was a competitive dancer no one at my studio was like that but my sister played high no one at my studio was like that and like maybe like secretly like i never experienced any of that like sometimes a little bit but nothing crazy and my sister played high school lacrosse and those moms were like living through their daughters and like it was that small town rivalry like drama and it just but not the dance moms which is weird because that's what everyone thinks of when you think of like competitive dance the gymnast moms the gymnastics moms were like that i don't know it was intense it was like insane if my kid wants to do a sport like fine but you know what i don't know the rules of any sport out there i play i quote unquote play tennis but like i don't even remember i don't even remember how they score so like my kids can hit that ball all they want i will not say a word i will just love them okay let's move on yeah no i agree it's it's a lot and i will never be that mom i will never ever and my child will not not be an olympian okay so cutting that dream off while you can like my my kid will not amount to an olympian They're, they won't god no i don't have the genes for that <laughs> so i want everyone at home in the audience as if they're in a theater no <laughs> everyone who's like listening close their eyes unless you're driving and picture it okay you are nick and katie you are planning to have meg b on your podcast okay and you're like hey let's do 8 p.m and you are asked 8 p.m your time or 8 p.m my time and you say what what do you mean (laughs) like look how can 8 p.m my time be different than 8 p.m your time I understand why time zones exist, okay? Time zones don't feel real. They're fake. They're made up. They're literally made up. They're literally made up. And uh, what's it called? Daylight savings? Stupid. Don't even get me started on that. Time is fake. Something else that doesn't feel, that is real but doesn't feel real is the week between Christmas and New Year's. Yes. This is another example of why time isn't real ever since middle school up until now elementary school even up until now it's just one of those weeks where like no one expects anything from you that time is weird because christmas ends there's what like five days and then you're waiting for new year's eve 
the thing that gets me about this week, right? Every kid in the country, possibly the world, has this week off. People who work don't. Like, that's the part that's weird to me. Like, everyone should have that week off. Like, the world should shut down for that week. That should be, like, everyone's vacation. No, actually, that's very true. I didn't think of it that way. But I think just the Christmas time in general, it's assumed that it's, like, a vacation time. Because since we were younger, it always was. When we were in college, we went home. Like, it just has always been a vacation time. So going into the real world and, like, some companies do give you the time off, but some don't. And right. my family planning that vacation, I was like, oh, it's fine. And I was like, wait, I have to request work off. Like, exactly. I didn't even think about it. And then I was like, I remember I came home from Canada and my friends were like, oh, we want to go to New York City. And we were talking about going like in between New Year's and Christmas. And I was like, oh yeah, of course. And I was like, oh my God, I have to work. Like I just, I didn't process in my head that I had to like, like work around a job because I thought that everyone... I knew that we didn't, but like, it just in my head seemed logical that we would just have that time off because we grew up getting that. So it was just kind of a weird adjustment to make. Maybe the pandemic teaches us that like, it is possible for the world to shut down for a week. Also, what doesn't seem real when Christmas is on a Saturday? Yes. What? Yes. No. And like, if Christmas is on a Saturday then you just make it a Wednesday that year. Like, it's the 22nd or whatever. Jesus was not born in December anyway. So, like, why do we, like, December 25th is random to begin with. Like, it it should be like Thanksgiving. Instead of the 25th, it should be, like, the fourth Wednesday of December or the third or whatever. When it's on a weekend, it's, like, but the weird thing is Christmas and New Year's Eve are like exactly a week apart, right? Yeah. So then when Christmas so, is on a Saturday. Then New Year's, New Year's Eve is on a Saturday, which does make sense. Okay. So we have a couple more things that you think about and you're just like, is that real? Because I, I don't think it is. This one really gets me and it's not to say I'm opposed to it. It just blows my mind when I think about it. The fact that we as human beings in society just one day we're like why don't we let animals live in our homes and then we created pets do you ever just look at your dog laying on your bed and you're like you're an animal that i let live in my house that's kind of weird right well so what i can understand we picked animals to domesticate and so over time those animals have become animals we can live with my point is why did we choose to domesticate dogs as opposed to lions? And well, like that one seems kind of obvious, but I see what you but mean. But no, hold on. My point is like at some point every animal was wild and we were like that one is the one I want to live in my home with me. Why did we choose the ones we chose? Okay, and the other thing that kind of blows my mind is the fact that people live in the country Iceland. That's we don't need to say anything else. That's when I was when I was there, did you go? We were, shut up. Um, when I was there, we would drive past a house, and then we would drive thirty miles, and then drive past another house. Some lady that we met there told us that they would like consider each other neighbors. Like that's imagine living thirty miles from your neighbor. That's crazy. I just I feel like states out west can get like that. That's oh another God. thing. The Midwest is no. not real. No, you can't say that. 
I will again state for the record that I disagree. I think that being from the Midwest is kind of crazy. I don't believe that people are actually from there. So, All right. Well, we want to hear from y'all about what you think, things that you don't think are real but are. And we'll run through some of our favorites over the Instagram story. What are we talking about next week, Katie? Advice that you should never take from your parents. This is a good one that comes to us courtesy of Meg B. Thanks for listening this week. Make sure you are following us, What the Frick Pod on Instagram. Make sure you like and subscribe. We need those downloads at Kitchen Kitching. And just another thank you to Brandon Pratt, our sponsor. Our sugar daddy. <laughs> you should leave that in. Okay. I'm gonna. <laughs> this is this is your pal Nick signing off until next Thursday. TTYL. Katie signing off. We'll miss you. Hope you guys have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye.